0: pray again. Father, we just We thank you, Father God, for um, the word I'm about to share. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us. We thank you, Father God, that you will speak through me and you will minister to our hearts, oh God. We pray, Father God, that each heart will understand, each heart will take what's applicable to their lives. So, Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to continue with a word which I started um, some time ago. This is going to be the final version. It's called trusting God implicitly. At some point of our lives, we've had to, in fact, you know, sometimes we unconsciously trust and we don't realize that we're trusting God for something or trusting for something to happen But at some point in our lives, we're we're conscious that we've had to trust God for something. Or if it's not God, we're trusting. But we're trusting for something to happen. Um, As you all know, last Saturday, um, we took Eden to um, uni. And, you know, it was bittersweet moments. It was nice. Those of you who have been there, my baby's going. But, you know, you're trusting God to look after your children. You're trusting God that he will protect them, he will cover them, um, you know, and yeah, that's my prayer, and even the the other children that we have, we're trusting God, that God will help us to raise them, because as those of you know, it's not easy raising up children, especially, you know, teenagers, because they have a mind of their own, and they want to do their own thing, but we're trusting God that he will raise them properly, so he will help us to raise them, and the title again is Trusting God Implicitly. And when you trust God implicitly, there's no room for your carnal mindset. There's no room for your understanding. It's Him alone. As the um, scripture says in Proverbs 3:5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So it's Him, not what you want but what he wants for you because he knows best. His thoughts are higher than um, ours. His ways are higher than ours. So who knows better? God. He sees the end from the beginning. So when we trust him implicitly, we're giving him everything, everything. I'm giving him Eden, giving him Zions and I, our children, giving everything to him so that he will lead. Sometimes we do not like the things that they do but we're trusting God that he's going to come through for them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Just want to do a quick, well, I I say quick, well, let's see how it goes, Um, recap from the last time. We talked about Noah. Um, Noah trusted God because when God gave him um, instructions to build the ark, he did it without questioning, you know, how many of us do things without questioning at times? It's like, but why? Why am I doing it this way? Um, But he did it without questioning, and God gave him specific instructions for the ark, and he did it to the T. And during that time when the ark was being built, there was no rain in sight, as I said, but Noah trusted God. He was being ridiculed, he was being mocked, but he trusted God. He trusted God with everything that he had, because he knew that God had the sovereign power. God was higher than him. His ways were higher than his. His thoughts were higher than his. So he trusted him. Didn't know which way it was going to go, but he trusted him. And I remember the youth, um, when they were here in the service, when I Um, preach this, that because with the youth, you find that when you're young, um, maybe even when you're older, your character matters, what people think matters, you know, what they say matters, and at that time, I was saying, can you imagine God tells you to do something, you think it's silly, you think it's silly, but you still go ahead and you do it, knowing that people are laughing at you. Laughing at you, you know? People are thinking, what kind of madness is this? Um, Zion went to, um, him and Caleb, they went to a youth service actually this week, Friday, yeah, um, down Woodlands. And he came back and he said, Mom, there were young people there and they were all speaking in tongues and praying. And I said, Son, yeah, because they're focused on God. They're not looking to the left, looking to the right to what people are saying to them or what people are thinking of them, you know? And that's how you need to be, not looking to what people are thinking, if there's a speck here or something's there. But you need to make sure you focus on God. When you do that, you're vulnerable before the Lord. You, you know, there's a scripture which I had earlier. It's um, Psalms 20, I can't remember the verse. And it says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. When you trust in the name of the Lord, regardless of what is happening, regardless of what storm is going through, you'll be focused on him. Regardless of what they've told you, you'll be focused on because you know that your God who is big and mighty, he's going to move mountains for you. He's going to do things for you. You know, people may be looking at you funny thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But you know your God is going to come through for you. So you just have to be focused on him. And this is how Noah was. He was focused on God. He knew that, okay, then um, God's going to come through whilst people laughed at him. And that's how we need to be when we are doing things for God. Um, I also said as well last time I ministered with regards to Noah that, um, well, spin off of that, that there was a preaching that I heard and what they said was that God has put everything we need inside of us. The, the, The DNA that's inside of us, everything that came, for example, the egg was fertilized by the sperm. When they come together, I think the technical name is a zygote, scientific name, but anyway. Um, but yeah, when they come together, God has put everything we need in that. Going through puberty has been put in that. Going from um, toddler to um, teenage years to childhood and then to teenage years to adulthood, God has placed everything within that egg. And as it grows and at the right time, It comes to play. You know, you don't suddenly have to go and buy puberty from somewhere. You don't suddenly have to go and buy adulthood from somewhere. It's all within. Now, this is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. Everything is inside of us. The desires that um, he's placed in us, it's all there. It is all there. Everything we need. So, we need to trust him. When you think, for me, I, I remember when I heard this, It literally blew my mind because I never thought of it like that. And I thought, wow, Lord, who are we to question you when you're telling me to go and speak to that person? I'm like, "Um, I'm not too sure. They don't look right somehow, Lord. Um, Really? Um, Really? But we need to go. And I remember, I think I've said this in the past that there was once um, myself and the family, we went, something was happening at Medway Park and we went down there and there was a young lady with um, a young baby in a pram and I clearly remember the Lord was saying, "Go and speak to her. Go and speak to her. You know, tell her about Jesus." I literally talked myself out of it. Up until this day, I regret it. Why should I regret it? God's telling me to do something, and I'm like, "I don't know about that, Lord." Mm, she's going to think I'm silly, weirdo, coming up to me. Come, you know, do you want to steal my baby? All these thoughts are going through my head. But if the, this is why, when Noah did what God was asked him to do. He may have had thoughts, but he was still doing. You know, you can have thoughts, but you're still doing, you know. But some of us, like what I did, you're having the thoughts, and you're talking yourself out of those thoughts, you know. But as God speaks, we need to trust him. We need to absolutely trust him because he knows everything, the end from the beginning. He knows how we're going to be. He knows which way we're going to go. how we're going to turn. The flaws, all the flaws inside of us, he knows them but it does not matter. He still wants us to trust him and to do what he's called us to do. When we, at times when we don't trust, I I believe because sometimes some of us, we're so, we like this perfectionism. You know, everything looks perfect. Everything needs to look perfect. And when we don't trust, we don't want to be vulnerable before God. We, we, we don't want to be—we're not used to being vulnerable before people, especially if when we've come to know the Lord, we have been independent all our lives. Then to suddenly start depending, you know, on somebody is like, no. But The Lord is saying I should wait. Mm, I don't know. But you're, you're not in control in, anymore. And when you're not in control, it's, oh, my goodness— it's like you don't have barriers around you, and you feel like you're going to fall. But God is there to catch us, because there's nothing wrong with having the challenges. When, because even though God tells us we should do something, it doesn't come without challenges. It comes with challenges, and it's the challenges that's going to help you to learn those lessons. You know, it's good to have challenges, because you will learn the lessons as you go through And as you you walk with the Holy Spirit, he's going to be speaking to you how to do, when to do, and what to do, you know? The other person I spoke about was the Shonanite woman. Now, this woman, she absolutely amazed me. Because if I'm being honest, I don't think I would be as she was. You know, you've been blessed with a child. And then you lose that child. All sorts of thoughts are going through your head, you know, but she was very composed. And, and I do believe that she had been, she didn't realize this, but I do believe she had been prepared for this because when somebody comes into your life, you don't realize the purpose that they've come for. I do believe that Elisha came at that time to want to bless her with, with a son that she had but then also to fortify her, to give her the strength that she's going to need. And as he, she spent time with him, she probably learned from him. You know, you find that when you're around um, um, seasoned um, leaders or people, you learn from them, you glean from them, you learn how to trust, how to be, um, and you learn how to What's the word? You you learn how to be strong in certain situations, and I do believe that she's learnt from him. You know, she's gleaned from him. So, with this was in Second Kings four, and with this story, her son died—a son that she has been blessed with. Now he died, and the first thing she thought, even when her husband came to speak to, us, is everything okay? Because he knew the boy was ill, and he was the one that sent the boy to the mum. He said to the mom, sorry, he said to, she said to her husband, it is well, you know. Your son has just passed and you're saying it is well. That is levels. That's what I'm saying. I'm not too sure, if, you know, if I may have that strength at that time. But she said it is well. And she knew she just needed to go and speak to Elijah, Elisha. And she met with Elisha. He came back with her. And he healed the boy. But that's level of trust. You trust in God. You know that God is going to come through for you. You're believing by faith that this son of yours, God has blessed you with this son. He's not going to die. We need to have such a mindset. When we're going through storms, we're not walking by faith. Sorry, we're not walking by sight, but we're walking by faith. We're not looking around to see what is happening, but our eyes are fixed on God. Because when you look down, it's like Peter when he was walking on water. When he was focused on Jesus, everything was fine. He was walking. He was believing those things that are not as though they are. But as soon as he started looking at those things around him, he started to sink. That's not our portion. We will not look to see what things are around us, but we will be focused on God because the things are around us. Oh, my goodness, sometimes they can be very frightening. But you just need to be focused on God, focused on the things that He's saying to you and what He wants you to do at that time. The Shonanite woman, she did not speak naturally as things appeared. But she allowed the spirit to direct her. And we need to make sure that we're responding to situations spiritually, not carnally. Okay. The story of Jair- Jairus' daughter. This was this is in Mark chapter five. Now in this story, Jairus is believing for his daughter to be healed. When, I think it's in this um, Mark chapter five that you have the woman with the issue of the blood. So Jesus is going to Jairus' daughter to heal her. Stops by a woman who touches him because she wants to be healed. And obviously, there's a bit of a break there. Meanwhile, there's an emergency. Someone's daughter needs to be healed. So he's asking, okay, who's just touched me? Okay, there are loads of people around you. What do you mean, who's just touched you? There are loads of people around you. His disciples are saying to him. But he knew, obviously, somebody has just touched him. Anyway, that situation finishes. He asks, the woman responds, and he goes on. But he has stopped for a moment, and there's an emergency. So when he gets there, Jairus' daughter had died. Now, there's weeping, there's wailing. But the point I'm trying to pull out of this story is this. The daughter has died, but Jesus knew the daughter hadn't died. When things seem dead, but God is saying something else to you. Do not look around and be consumed by, by what others are saying. People may come and say things to you about your situation because they see it naturally. And sometimes it's family members and friends, and they mean well because they're looking after your best interest. But you need to silence those voices and look to God and hear what he's saying to you. And this is what Jesus did. Let me just read a bit. So, this was in Mark chapter 5, verse 39. It says, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Jesus addressed the mindsets of those around that were weeping because they were just causing extra commotion. And that's not what the situation was. You need to believe in those things that are not as though they are. As you focus on God, you will do that. Mark chapter 5, verse 40. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. When we're going through things, we need to surround ourselves with those who are believing the same thing for us. We need to make sure we do that because we could get sidetracked, we could get swayed, we could get moved by what God is saying to us. So we need to know who we're speaking to And who we're not speaking to. Like I said, it could be family members, could be friends, and they mean well. But they're not having the same foresight as you. So you need to be mindful of that. Because whatever it is that you're going through could get squashed. And you could start believing what others are believing. That miracle that God wants for you could be squashed because... You're swayed by what others are saying. Surrounding yourself with those of great faith, those who can edify your spirit and speak life into the things that you're seeking God for. He addressed, Jesus addressed the doubters. He put them outside. They do not need to be within the core team. Those went outside. And it's only those who needed, who were there, to help, to support, he left inside. At times when we are, I'm sure we've all been through this, sometimes we're so, we're trusting God for something, we're believing God for something, but we're so desperate to see this thing happen Sometimes we go ahead of what God is saying, and we need to be careful of that. You know, we want it so desperately for it to happen. Lord, come on, let it happen. And this is, you know, this doesn't work. Okay, let's go into plan B. But maybe God wants you to just wait, hold on at that time. But we're not hearing the hold on. We're just saying, oh, no, we need to go. We need to move, you know. And we just need to be patient because like I said, God knows the end from the beginning. We're not God. We don't know how the story is going to end. He's going to do this thing for us, but just we just need to be patient. We're, we're, we're speaking, God is going too slow. We can do it faster. We may, actually, we may not be speaking it, but we're thinking it in our heads, and we just need to just slow things down, And at times, what happens is because we're so focused on seeing the fruits of what we're believing God for, we make this thing an idol. It becomes an idol that we're just constantly looking to We become obsessed with it as opposed to allowing God to work, do his thing. In Habakkuk 2, verse 3, it says... Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. When we soak ourselves in God's word, we're able to flow in what he's saying. We soak ourselves in his word, so and he will speak to us through his word as well. So as we're going through our situation, he will speak to us. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. There's an end to everything. Every situation we go through, there's an end to it. There's a beginning and there's an end. That end will come, and you will see the hand of God. Let's not allow desperation, what we want, to go ahead of us. But let's allow God and his way of doing things to set the tone for us. At times we don't even realize, we're so consumed with our desire that we don't even realize that we've stopped trusting God, we're not leaning, sorry, we're not trusting God, but we're leaning on our own understanding, we don't realize that, and we need to. And sometimes I think, when I'm trusting God with something, if he says to me, okay, I want you to shut this down and move there. What would I do? And I'm like, okay, Lord. That's something that I guess I just have to trust you. I remember during, um, I think it was our missions conference last year. I don't remember if you guys know the name. It was a minister that came. And I remember him saying that he had, he a church plant and he built it up very fruitful and <laughs> then God told him to move somewhere else and he's like, but Lord, I've bought a house here, you know, the church is doing well, blah, blah, blah to move and he was like what would you do? There's a guy um, It's not on our road. It's a couple of roads down, I think. Um, Every day, well, he hasn't done it in a while, but literally every day, he had a red car, a really well-polished car. Every day, this man was outside polishing this car. This car was like an idol. And I thought, and he had off-street parking. Is that what you call it? Street parking, off-street parking? And I thought... What if somebody hits this car? How would you be? Because sometimes we put value on things that we shouldn't. It's a car. (laughs) You know? The amount of time you spend on that car. Imagine if you're looking to God, spending all that time with God. Wow. Seriously. I just thought, my goodness. But yeah, the things that we put value on sometimes, I think that we need to re-examine. Because we spend so much time on this thing. And you're thinking, why? When we could trust God, look to him for things that we should be doing. Sometimes it's a job that God has given us. He's blessed us with a job. And this job now, we're spending all our time with this job. All our time with this job. This is a job that we're trusting God for. now. This job has suddenly become an idol because it's financially fruitful for us. Spending all our time with this job. Meanwhile, Again, our time could be spent looking to the things that God wants us to do. Trusting God implicitly is something that we really need to be, it should be like water. Because even in in the little things like, for example, what school should my children go to? We should be trusting God for these things. You know, different things that we go through, we should be trusting God for, not leaning on our own understanding. God is the one, things that he has given us and blessed us with. He's the owner of these things. We're mere stewards. Deuteronomy ten fourteen says, indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God also the earth with all that is in it everything that is here is because of god our jobs is because of god our children is because of god because of god everything is because of god psalms 104, 24 says o oh lord how many are, how many are your works in wisdom you have made them all The earth is full of your possessions. As we trust God, we need to be able to recognize he has made everything. So when he says, let go, we need to let go. I know the Lord has said to me so many times to let go, especially when it comes to um, my children. Because I want things to happen a certain way. But God is saying, it's okay, let go. I will do. You know, as a parent, it can be really hard because you think you know the direction you want them to go in. But they're not going in that direction. It's like trying to fit a circle in a square. It's not quite going in. But God has a plan. (laughs) And as we trust him, he will make it work. let go. God spoke to Abraham to move from one land to a strange land. Genesis 12 verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And he obeyed. He obeyed. In Genesis 12, verse 4, it says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom They had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. What decisions are we making that we're not including God or including God? Are we including God? we God? We need to make sure we're entirely trusting him. And just be aware that he owns everything. He possesses everything that we do and that we have, should I say. Okay, I'm just going to quickly go through, um, because of time, the benefits of trusting God. So the first one is, he will lead you to the right path. He always does. Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future, and Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, "Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails." It sure is the Lord's purpose that prevails. He, we can plan, you know, as he says in Proverbs sixteen. I think it's sixteen nine nine. Um, Man plans, but God directs our steps. So we can make all the plans, but as God is directing our plans, because he knows the end from the beginning, he's going to be directing us which way he feels we should go. And sometimes, because we don't see it coming, we're like, mm, is that the right way? But as long as he's directing, we, we, we know it's him speaking. We just need to be in obedience. Because he leads us to the right path. You can, number two, you can count on him. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's with us wherever we go. Whether we're in this country, in another country, whether we're in Timbuktu, he's with us wherever we go. Psalms 121 verse 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He watches over us night and day. He watches over our children. Your battle belongs to him. Every battle that we go through, it belongs to him. Exodus 14 verse 14 says... The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. God will help you to go through anything, and he will fight for your battles. Every battle we go through is his. I have to remind my children sometimes when they go through things, it's not your battle, it's the Lord's, you know, and he's going to fight for you. You don't need to do anything. just need to pray and seek him. Deuteronomy 24 says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. Number five, sorry, number four. He will sustain you, uphold you, and maintain you. He absolutely will whenever we're going through stuff he's always there sustaining us psalms 55:22 cast your burdens upon the lord and he will sustain you he will never allow the righteous to be shaken as long as we seek him He's there for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? We have to remember that. He will fulfill what he has promised. God is faithful, and he's not one to go back on his word. His promises are always yes and amen. So he will fulfill those promises he has spoken to us. Joshua 21 verse 45 says, Not one of of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Because his promises are yes and amen. He doesn't go back on his word. The promises that he has for each one of us, we will see them. Come to pass. The next one is, he will complete his good work in you. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's with you from start to finish. From start to finish, he will not leave you nor forsake you. From start to finish, he's with you. There will be bumps along the way, but he's with you and he will complete what he has started in you. Thank you, Lord. I think I'm going to stop there. Throughout the week, I pray that we will focus on God and how we can be walking with Him, how we can be seeking Him so that we can trust Him implicitly. You know the, the scripture um, in Second Peter five, I think it's from verse eight, it says, "For us to be alert and sober-minded, because the enemy um, the enemy roars around like a, um, goes around like a roaring lion, waiting to devour us. So as we go through the week, there would be different things coming but we need to be alert and sober minded so that the enemy will not have a way in its in in our lives so that we can trust him in the things that we're seeking him for we will not we will silence those voices that the enemy wants to taunt us with if we could close our eyes please and bow our heads i want to pray over us Lord, I just want to thank you for this word this morning. Thank you, Lord. I just bring each heart before you this morning. Lord, I just pray that our hearts will yield to you. I pray, oh Lord, that it will yield so that we can be vulnerable before you. We can be open and transparent before you. Lord, I pray, Lord, for our hearts right now. Hearts that haven't opened up to you. Hearts that haven't looked to you. Hearts that are not trusting in you. I pray, O oh God, that you will help us to look to you. Forgive us, Lord, where we haven't trusted in you. Where we've gone our own thing. We've directed our own paths. We've directed our own ways. We've leaned on our own understanding. Not yours, O oh God. We've made our own way. Lord, forgive us and help us, Father God, to walk with you, to trust in you implicitly, Lord. Lord, have your way in the different situations that we're going through, the different battles that we encounter. Have your way. Let us give everything to you and look to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.